And now a message from our sponsor. Hey everybody, it's Bootleg Captain, Captain Bootlegs here. Yeah. If you're like me, I bet you're enjoying this Toys, Toys on, on Tap, Tap podcast. Yeah, I am enjoying it, it's very nice. But did you know you can enjoy it more just by joining that Patreon? Oh, I did not know that. There are so many cool perks available on the Patreon for you. There's and also and Wow, that's really a lot of stuff if you ask Bootleg Captain. Captain I don't bootleg. understand. There were noises I couldn't hear with the person. So join today to support Toys on Tap podcast and Bootleg Art Toys. But if you're not in a position to join the Patreon, head on over to Apple iTunes and review and subscribe. That helps out the channel as well. Okay, I'll go rate it, I guess. And remember, listen to Toys, Toys on, on Tap. Captain Bootleg, the bootleg captain sent you. Why does he keep referring to himself in the third Can person? I stop with the stupid voice now? I'm not sure why you made me want to sound like a pirate. Oh, so that was a fake voice. Oh, yucko! I didn't realize it was just pretend voice. Oh, okay. I've just found volume. I can hear you now. Oh, perfect. There we go. Hey, one step at a time. This means like halfway through, we'll figure out video too. Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> Before we dive into your history, I got to tell you, you're one of the few artists where I can track my love of your work. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's, it's weird because it's like, wanna, so I just started making toys in 2020. Uh-huh. And then one of the first uh, action figures or one of the first like um, toy artists that popped up as I was searching for it was you. And if I remember correctly, it was the uh, Obi-Wan Kenobi one. Oh, the, the Daylight one? Uh, yeah. So I, I saw that one. It was like, oh, my gosh, this is rad. And then I... I think I might've followed you then, or I wasn't like still trying to figure out all the toy artists and stuff. Mm -hmm. And then I saw uh, your Greedo, the mix between Greedo and Homer. Oh yeah. Greedo. Yeah. And then it like, and then once sold me forever is the, <laughs> Hulk, the Hulk figure. The Hulk. Yes. Yeah. And then uh, the he walks, I remember. Uh-huh. That's an old one. Yeah, and then uh, the Atom Bomb and then Skultimate Fighter. I saw those about the same time. Ah, uh, yes. And so I'm busy. Yeah. <laughs> and what's crazy is uh, not very many artists do I keep track of that closely, but I just remember the second that I got into the toy community and then I just started tracking along with you. And I thought, you know what? This is someone that I just need to eventually get work from. Oh, thanks, man. Of well, course. I sent it off to you today, so it should be with you pretty soon. Oh, I, I can't tell you how stoked I am. Um, I was the most depressed when I realized, like, oh, I might not have gotten one of those. I might not have done it in time. They so, went fast, really fast. Yeah. And there's a we've I think we've, you've mentioned it. I don't know if it's out in public. Maybe I'll have to cut this part. But like, is there there's a second one coming, correct? There is a second one coming. Oh, uh, we've talked about doing Spider-Man. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Um, but I just haven't got around to it yet. <laughs> I've got all the parts I need. I've got everything ready. Just other projects are taking over. Yeah. When it comes to toys like that, um, like keeping Hulk's face blank, uh, is that part of copyright stuff to make sure that you don't get in to any issues? Well, that's all part of Bully Goat's thing. He's the designer. He came up with the idea. 
um, I saw the picture and approached him about doing a figure of it. And he was like, go for it. What is the same plan for Spider-Man to like blank that face out? Yeah. Um, are you familiar with Pokemon? Yeah. There's a Pokemon called Diglett. He's got like a Diglett head. Oh, I don't know if okay. you've seen Willie Goat's page, but yeah, he's got a weird shaped Diglett head. I love that. Uh-huh. Um, so we welcome to Toys on Tap. Uh, Thank you. Yeah, this is an episode all about you, and it's a podcast all about the toy artists behind the toys. And I'm excited to have you on. Well, it's good to be on. Yeah, do you want to introduce yourself before we get started? Uh, yeah, sure. I'm for the love of all toys, based in the UK, and I make weird toys. Uh, <laughs> that's a good way to describe all toy makers. We yeah, make isn't weird it? toys. Let's walk it back to childhood for you and talk about like tell me about your relationship with toys were they huge in your childhood what was that like oh i was born in um 78 so i hit all the sweet spots of 80s toys lucky man Mm, yeah um man master of the universe stuff was my absolute favorite yeah joe just everything 80s all of them yeah was it like a cool like as a kid were you more i've only met a couple of them more of the like collector or no i'm just gonna play with all of these as hard as i can oh it was i'd mash everything together i was really lucky we used to get a lot of um secondhand toys but it was a mismatch of everything that's the way to live secondhand toys used to be so much better when i was a kid yeah i don't think i've ever had a gun (laughs) you know the gun accessories i don't think i had any of those yeah there have you okay that's a good thing to say have you noticed toys now that you look at and they have guns in your in their hands and you're like what what the hell gun is that i've never even seen that before (laughs) wow toys these days huh i don't really see many toys these days um i've got a kid and he's he doesn't play with toys oh is he more into like video games and all kinds of video games yeah he has no interest in toys yeah heartbreaking yeah, I work with uh, teens like sixth grade to eighth grade, and it is they'll like figure out that I work with toys or I'll have toys around or something, and they are like, "Why would you? Why would you keep that?" It seems like such a foreign thing for them. <laughs> yeah, it is. Uh, no interest in toys, but he'll play all day in a video game. Yeah, which is. I mean, uh, 78, so you come in and you're probably, like, when Nintendo drops, you're, what, 11, 12? Yeah, um, well, in the UK, I didn't get Nintendo for ages. It was computers, like Amiga and stuff like that. And so did you make the switch? Because you're in that, like, still kid era. Did you switch over from uh, action figures to video games? Um. A little bit, but I was way into toys way later than I should have been. That's the dream. Uh, so many of us, it seems like we got rid of our toys, like just because of girls or growing up or whatever it is. Um, but I, I love listening to people talk about how they were into toys much later than they think they should have been. <laughs> yeah, I did. Well, um, when I was older, I started collecting the, uh, the McFarlane toys, you know, the... Um, what were they called? Movie Maniacs? hmm Yeah, I used to collect all those, and I kind of wish I had those still. I could use a lot of parts from them. 
Yeah, <laughs> that that's so okay. You collected those, and then thinking about like you could use the parts. That means they. That's the only value they hold at this point, right? For you. Yeah. 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 Big parts box. <laughs> <laughs> I look at toys like that a lot now. Like there are a couple toys that I just will never cut up, but it's not the toys that people think. Like for me, it's like the, I think it's like the seventies or eighties. I don't remember the year. Uh, Tyco Dino Riders, those little like alien. Oh yeah. Things. I have a few of those. Yeah, yeah. I'll never cut them up because they look so fun. Oh yeah. I know that. I know the feeling of cutting stuff up. I'll just make a mold of it and then I'll use the piece. Yeah. Oh yeah. 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 So at what point did you give up all your toys and then take us to the point in which you started coming back to toys? Oh, give up my toys. I don't think I ever really give them up fully. There was always a few stuff that I'd be like, oh, I think I need that. Okay. Um, but this for coming back, um, Instagram, scrolling along when I saw Junk Fed, I think it was. He repainted um, Battle Cat and He-Man, but he did them in the Thundercats colors. Of Lionel and Schnarr. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I saw that and just thought, that is genius. I need to do this. Are we talking like 20... 2018-ish? Okay. Ago, something like that. Yeah, I saw it and I thought, right, let's make, start, let's make a start on doing that. The gap between kind of putting toys away, not really giving them up, and then seeing the making of toys through junk fed. Mm-hmm. What are you, have you always been a creative person in there or what pushed you to look and find someone like Junk Fed? You know what? I'm not sure. Um, I was just scrolling and then I saw it pop up on my feed. And that was pretty much it. As soon as I saw it, I thought, I'm going to get into doing this. I dabbled a little bit a long time ago. It would have been about, oh, when did the Marvel Legends come out? The very first Toy Biz ones. Um, anyway, whenever that were, I used to start looking at, um, custom forums and people making like cool Punisher figures. All right. Um, yeah. I used to do little paint jobs here and there on them, but I did have a lot of paints cause I used to do Warhammer. I'm guys. obsessed with the, um, uh, the, is it like the orcs from Warhammer? Yep. Uh, yeah. cause they're backstory and lore is so crazy to me they look so cool don't they yeah wait so you that's a good so you learned your painting from something as crazy intricate as warhammer yeah i used to paint a lot of warhammer um and i had all the paints left from that so my paints are like 30 year old i didn't know warhammer was that old Warhammer's really old yeah that is yeah i don't think i've got any knocking about i've got some of the very first paints that they did yeah. How crazy. I use uh Citadel from Yeah, that's the one. Yeah, I I love Citadel paints uh just based off of like how well they apply, like how well they stick, how they don't break, like all those. It's just the best paint I've used for figures. Well, the size difference between how they used to be and now is ridiculous. Like double the size back in the day. Oh, we're the, okay. That makes sense because as you buy them now, it's like four fifty, and you get like half a shot glass enough to paint pants. That's about it. Yeah, and then you like I did. I just used 
that is so funny that you say that. I just used those to paint um, a run of toys that I did for DK Econ, and I went through like two or three of them. <laughs> yeah, we got to find a cheaper way of doing this. Yeah, in my head, I I just was thinking the whole time, maybe I'm painting wrong because I don't know that I should be using this much paint. <laughs> well, I find that the resin I use needs two or three coats on pretty much everything. Do you use a coating on your resin when you do it, or so I? Um, I use mine. a clear lacquer, and then I paint over that. Okay, but even that doesn't grab enough. No, to, like I've sanded it to make it a rough surface, and then sprayed it. And it still doesn't make it rough enough to do that. Like, I I wish there was a way to figure out, and there probably is, this is just my own ignorance, but there probably is a way to figure out, like, some way that you only need one coat of paint and it'll make it work. No, that'd be the dream. Yeah, You'll find um, that one paint that covers really well, and then, but it'll be a color that you don't really use that often. <laughs> yes, yes. The, uh, what's crazy is I wish it was, like, more standard to use spray paint because spray paint covers in one coat almost always yeah that's not a bad idea yeah i just have never on the latest figure i've done i've used spray paint because i needed to cover the whole thing in a base coat Mm -hmm. it took one one pass on the front one pass on the back and then if (laughs) if there was like pieces that Maybe I just missed a little. I went back over, but for the majority of it, it was perfect. Yeah, I've seen a few people that use spray paint. It just. Do you remember how they used to paint He-Man figures? They'd have like a shield, and then you just spray around it. That's yeah, and I wish I knew the exact. I mean, I this is probably all doable through research. I wish I knew like how to figure out the like exact paint and why it adhered so well to that type of plastic. See, now we're diving in. This is just a research podcast at this point. I would look it up, but I'm too lazy. <laughs> Maybe that's what I'll do, and I'll send you some articles after we're done here. Perfect. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> like, you, I, I love that you started out with Warhammer, um, because if you started out with Warhammer, with, like, way back then, there wasn't videos on how to paint and do all that stuff like there is now. So that means you just went for it and bought their paints and kind of figured out how to paint all those miniatures as best you could. Oh yeah. I spent so much money on Warhammer stuff back then. And then which, and which is crazy because you need massive armies in order for this, those things to like, Oh, I had no idea how to play it. I just buy them, paint them, buy them, paint them. (laughs) (laughs) That's okay. That's awesome. I I love that more than anything. I've seen people that have massive armies of them. And they always talk about playing, but it, now it seems better that you used to buy them and just have them. Yeah, I loved the designs of them. I thought they were so cool to play with them after I painted them. And they like they seem like they're better designed than most toys. Oh, the Space Marines have such a chunk to them. Yeah, I really and I uh, there is a guy I need to remember his name. He's on. I follow him on TikTok. I don't know if you're on TikTok. No. Um, <laughs> we'll, we'll get you on TikTok by the end of this, hopefully. Um, we'll see. Uh, but I, he makes custom, you send him a design and then mm-hmm. he'll recreate the design and make you a custom miniature. Oh, okay. And it's like the craziest miniatures. And then he paints them for you and he's like incredible at painting. And so some of them that he's come up with are just out of this world. 
like hippos right. with wings and like rhinos with human hands, like crawling over rocks and stuff. Send me a link. Yeah, it's just intense. If there's one reason to get on TikTok, it's that guy right there. Does that painting, like all those skills you picked up, translate? Or did you, when you started making figures, did you realize, oh, I've been painting wrong? Yeah, I did actually. I didn't, I don't know if they transferred very well to larger figures because you do all the highlighting stuff and I don't feel the need to do that because I want my figures to look like they come from the 80s. Um, Good question. I haven't really thought about that. I find, um, because I remember painting, like, not to customize it or anything. I just remember being awful and painting some of my toys when I was little. (laughs) And I for sure, like, looking back, I'm like, oh, my God, what was I doing? Like, if I wanted to do it, I would use this spray and this type of paint and cover it this way, especially going from Warhammer and then coming to this, even with all the highlights and stuff, like the amount of detail that you're probably able to do. It, like you probably have the patience of uh, a wise wizard to, in order to do it. <laughs> <laughs> I would love to get back into painting them, but I just, I do not have the time. Yeah, absolutely. At what point we, so you saw junk fed 2018, mm-hmm. you said, is that the time that you realized I want to start making toys or I could do this? Or were you starting to think about that before you saw junk feds work? Um, after I saw that, I just thought, I'm going to get some old figures and repaint them. Because he did a lot of that. He repainted like, old He-Man figures to look like Merman and all that kind of stuff. It's such a good idea. Yeah. Um, and then I started looking at other few, a few other people. And they'd also done cool He-Man stuff. So that's kind of why I got into it, to do like He-Man size figures. But I still haven't done one. Yeah. <laughs> the big chunky, like... yeah. 5.5 or whatever however big they are it's just such a good feel i would love to start doing that list, but we interrupted this broadcast of toys on top to bring you this meanwhile in a galaxy of bootleg treasures dov2 we have an engine failure we must crash land on dke toy planet oh my we're doomed wait salvation hooray was saved in DLV2. Limited edition custom artist made action figures and DKE toys. Check out www.dkatoys.com for a full catalog. Hooray for custom action figures. DKE. Stuck in the Star Wars size figures, I guess. Yeah, 375. Yeah. See Junk Fed, and you start getting into the repainting. At some point along that journey, you create your first character or your first toy that you create. What was that first toy? Oh, what was it? The first thing I did was a He-Man head. Cast a He-Man head on absolute fail. Oh, tell tell me the story that failed. What what were the problems that failed it? Oh, what did I buy? I bought some. It's like a reusable silicone. I can't remember what it's called. Um, you can melt it in the microwave, but then you can pour it on, it'll set, and you can pour resin into it, and then you can like, cut the mold out and use it again. But it absolutely stinks. Uh, <laughs> so I cast a E-Man head, and I thought this is going to be the start of something big. Absolute fail. <laughs> Did you, was it that the mold stuff just didn't set right, or was it just altogether just a bad 
Go for I it. I think when I poured the resin into it, I think it burnt the mold. Oh, yeah. Mm. yeah. I don't think it was strong enough to take that. Um, so then I started looking up how to do casting and mold making and stuff. That was a minefield of so many bad decisions <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah it's it's like uh dumping money down the drain those Perfect. first few yep. goes I, I like i haven't met very many people through toys on tap that have said oh no right out of the gate i was it came out super well oh, like, we, we've that. all wasted molds yeah i'm just gonna look back to see what the first thing i met was i can't even remember I think it might have been uh, Pubaka. Uh, yeah, Pubaka was the first thing I made. Pubaka. So when you uh, first made that, the year, mm-hmm. it's probably 2018, 2019-ish? Uh, 2018, yeah. 2018. How did you, because uh, it seems like it kind of has set the precedent almost because you you, for your other toys, it's like you're mixing the two things. For the open. Yeah, a lot of mashups. Yeah, and they they come out making this whole new figure that's great. Uh, yeah, it's I do like to work in mashups, but for some reason this year I've decided to do big projects of like I've got some wrestler figures that I'm doing and some Dungeons and Dragons figures. Um, but I do like to usually do mashups. So this year is dedicated to big projects. Next year I'm back on mashups, I think. Awesome. I can't I've got wait. a lot to do. I've got yeah, a list of stuff to do. I can't wait for more mashups. That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> yeah, um, next year's big mashup time. And what's interesting, what I love about your figures is there's usually, um, I've seen it a couple of times, but there's another name because you found like the perfect artist to do the backer for it. Oh, um, do you like when that has happened? Do you have to search for that person, or is that just usually someone you know? Um, Bon Link is that the guy you're talking about, or uh, Chris Hall, Polly Drips? There's uh, three artists who I usually work with. Um, okay, is it like on rotation between the three of them? Uh, it's usually whoever fits the project. Magic, yeah, Magic Marker Art was one of them for your Atom Bomb. Oh, yeah. I can't believe he did that for me. Um, he, do you know the battle piece figures I make? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, he collects battle beasts, and he's purchased a lot of the email ones off me. So I approached him about doing a project with me, and he said, "Yeah, I was amazed." Yeah, <laughs> Adam Bomart work is amazing. Yeah, and it, what's what's cool is you all like. I love when people do that. They um, bring in an artist or they have a friend that'll do the backer or they'll find someone because it blends like not only I'm a big proponent that the toy is only a piece of it. Like, yeah, oh, the yeah. toy is really cool, but the backer like gives it or steps it up a notch. It really does. Um, when you so you first started, you make it uh, Pubaka. Um were you excited when you made Pubaka? Was this, uh, you jumped in because you wanted to get this out into the world and start selling these? Or was this just the, the first Oh, no, project? I had no idea of selling these at all. Um, okay. My kid was, how old is he? I was like four then or something. Um, and he was obsessed with like poo jokes and stuff. 
<laughs> and we were playing Star Wars figures, and he just gave me Chewbacca and said, "You can be Poobacca. <laughs> we should make that." <laughs> so we did. We set to work on making it. Um, and that was a joint. You said you got you both set to work on making it. So that was like a little joint project for you and him. Yeah, a little fun joint project. Um, we made it, and then while we experimented with kind of mold things, we made a mold. I made like four or five of them, and then I just put them up on Instagram. I think Dove was the first person to buy one. Dove, I love Dove. Yeah. <laughs> That's it. I love when he like he's bought a couple. Like I made a Jesus and Qui Gon Jinn mix, and he has one. I think the Star Wars one. Sometimes he just like those are. He's got to buy them. Yeah, I love that. So is that the first time when you put those up? Is that the first time you encountered uh, Dove in the greater toy scene, or had you just been searching that whole time? No, I think that. Well, he bought that, and then um, I released the Hewox figures, and he bought them. I was like, oh, this guy's okay. bought two things off me, so I looked him up and. Um, I looked on his page and thought he makes loads of toys. This guy makes so many different things. <laughs> and um, then at one, and you found out, oh no, he's the distributor and like yes. the, the king. And that's kind of when it all clicked for me. When I saw yeah. that, I thought, this is what I want to do. When you um, first started in that, and like, this is what you want to do. This isn't full time for you, right? No, no, not at all. And then, so this is all nights and weekends, days off, and all that. Yeah, late which, nights and weekends. Yeah, which means it takes like, I think we're all. So many of us are in that. When you decided, oh, this is what I want to do. The first or couple weeks, were you just up late every day working on projects? I still am. <laughs> <laughs> I feel that so much at like a real deep level. I feel that I'm up late most nights working on stuff. Yeah. But when it gets to two in the morning, you think, should I call the resin tonight or wait till the morning? Uh, I, the question for me usually goes like, I'll pour like two and mm -hmm. uh, I'll pour the resin. And then I look at the clock and I'm like, am I going to call out of work tomorrow? What am I doing? <laughs> <laughs> and it, it's really just that question I'm batting around in my head and I usually will go to sleep and pull the mold open in the morning and pull out whatever like an extra surprise for when you get up yeah it's super nice that's also the worst part because it's like I have the hardest time sleeping after I pour resin late at night because I'm so worried like oh maybe it didn't turn out well maybe it did oh, that is the worst is that I think that's what I'm struggling with at the moment it's pouring a good mold on a figure. Yeah. Like getting the seam lines correct and all that stuff. Yeah. Do you know who um, Robert Talon is? He's on YouTube. He does um, mold making videos. I don't. I'm going to have to look it up. Is He's incredible. He does everything as a one pour. He'll just pour the mold and then he'll just cut it. Robert Talon? Robert Talon. Talon. T O L O N E. Oh my gosh. You, you may have just taken over the rest of my week with watching his videos. It's, the stuff he casts in the shapes, and he'll do it all in one and just cut it. That's kind of what I'm trying to do now. I'm 
doing a lot of practicing at the moment. Yeah. Oh, that's an expensive practice. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) Are you, so he pours it. I mean, since I haven't seen one of the videos, if he, has he poured one over an action figure? The only action figure he's done is um, the old wrestling figures, the the really large wrestling figures, the big rubber ones. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, one, two, three, kid. Um, But he poured the pour spout on its, I can't really show you. Uh, He turned the whole figure on its side and did it from like under his ribs. Weird. That was where the pour spout was. Yeah, it's a bizarre setup, but. And then if anyone's going to pick this hobby up, I cannot recommend that guy enough. Yeah, when he does that, does he then just cut around the mold completely and make it a two part? Yeah, he'll vent it and then he'll just pour it, fill it up, and then he'll cut it and it'll come out perfect with a tiny seam line. So that sucks because I've never heard of that or seen it. Now I'm about to waste so much mold material. (laughs) Yeah. it's so frustrating because yeah. when you pour a figure, do you? Yeah. How do you do it? Do you yeah. do it through the head or the legs? It depends. So, uh, it's always from the legs. Okay. Oh, like I can't if I do because that way I don't have to worry about shoes. You just pour it to the top, and there's automatically a flat surface. Ah, uh, see, I used to struggle with that. Have you got a fresh pot? Yeah. Because every time I did that, this was back in the day, if I pour into the legs, I put it in the pressure pot, and then there'd be a slight dip in the feet. Oh, yeah. So I will pour the way that I, because I know what you're talking about, on my latest mm-hmm. figure that happened a couple times. Mm-hmm. And I have no idea how to fix that. Uh, the way that I overcompensate is I will overpour. So there's like a layer of resin yep. on the top of the mold. Yeah, that's what I do now. <laughs> yeah, and then I'll cut like the excess off, and then the feet are always flat, and then you just got to sand it down a little bit. Oh, okay. Well, I've started filling from the back now. Okay. I'll stand it upside down, so uh-huh. the head's facing down, and then I'll put sprue and attach it to the back, at the back of the figure, so it's a tiny core hole. Oh, does that work way better? It does at the moment. It's one of the things I'm messing with, but it seems to be working really well. Yeah. I, you know, I'm all, I'm interested. Uh, do you know who DeMarc's Toys is? Buzzard Guts? Yep. Yep. So uh, I talked to him on Toys on Tap and he was talking about how he used to mold and cast. And mm-hmm. for a long time, he didn't have a pressure pot. And so oh, he. No, I didn't. Oh, okay. And so he like figured out how to uh like angle legs and figured out airflow so he didn't actually need one i'm nowhere near that like i for sure need one because i like venting is still even after all this time i'm still learning new things about venting regularly yeah i didn't have a pressure pot for probably three years did it so did you struggle with bubbles or did you figure out ways that airflow could just like make it so you didn't have any bubbles uh, yeah, I'd tilt it, and then I'd vent pretty much everything. And yeah. then the tiny little dots, you just sand down, job done. Okay, so that is a, like a, a super learned skill, correct? What was the first the first couple ones outside of the He-Man head that you did? Like mm-hmm. the first other ones, 
how yeah. many trial and errors did you have before you realized, okay, I need to vent this and I need to do that? Uh, quite a lot. Yeah. 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 Always the thumbs. They always lose the thumbs. I, that's the hardest part about um, most toys that I do. I think I've learned, like I can beat it now, but yeah. I can only beat it if I pour with the figure. Okay, let me rephrase that. I can beat it in two ways uh-huh. where I know that it like guaranteed it. I, it's not going to be a problem. One, if I do a two-part mold, which is uh-huh. the, the worst, most time-consuming. I hate two-part molds. That's all I, I used to do. Yeah. I just oh. made another one, and it's been working great, but I, I hate making them. Um, but the on other figures, when I – and so I'll, like, I'll vent just specifically that finger or the thumb or do whatever. Yeah. Um, but when I pour it and it's standing straight up, I have, like uh, – you know what a skewer – like – was like uh kebab sticks or whatever yeah yeah Yeah, i'll run a bunch of those so like it's everywhere is being vented that's Ah. the only way i've figured out how to beat the thumb issue or if you do it upside down you figure like you pull your horse out in the head or the back or something you put it upside down and the thumbs are not an issue it always gravity will work it and just clear the thumbs oh see this is why i love this podcast (laughs) yeah we teach people i learn something it's super nice so like you you burn through a bunch of those at what point did you figure out that you wanted to make toys and sell them um i asked off if i could do a dk okay between that was the first real thing was that like 2019 uh yeah okay yeah, 2019. Um, I'd seen his Instagram and thought, this looks amazing. I want in on this. So I asked him about doing one. He said, sure. And I had no idea about how to do backing cards or the, get the blisters or anything. Um, so I asked him to do the blisters. Um, asked him for the blisters. Asked him if he could sort the backing cards. So he really helped me out that first time around. Oh, see, I wish that if people don't know like that is the if you if they haven't met dove yet that uh-huh. is the resource that dove is <laughs> like that is i i should have done something like that in the beginning i was trying to figure out toys and do it all by myself and ask certain people but i uh-huh. like the more time i spend like like it being in Dove's facility or like looking at all the stuff that he does and how he can help like source things, man, I, I wish I would have known that in the beginning. I was really lucky because I had no idea where to go with the blisters. Yeah. And then when um, you, what was that first figure? Was it one of the Obey ones? Uh, no, it was a uh, Wookiee wizard. Okay. It's a Chewbacca and a Dungeon and Dragon wizard figure. Oh, rad. Yeah. Um, and he said he needed 20. And that seemed impossible, but figured it out. Yeah. And it's always the, I, I've talked to people before, whenever Dove says he needs something, I usually am just like, yep. I just say, yeah. And then yeah. I'll figure out the process as I go if I don't know how to do it. 
Oh, but now I've got it down to an exact science. When he yeah. says he needs something, I do it way in advance. Yes, yes. I, I, I don't like when people say they work under pressure. I am not that person when it comes to mm-hmm. toys. <laughs> when so you sent it over, um, and that was uh, twenty nineteen. You said, yeah. So that was uh, either Designer Con or Comic Con. Uh, designer con, I think. Okay. Oh, wait, July. What's July? Uh, Comic Con is July. Comic Con, yeah, that's what it was. Right. Yeah, that was my first one. And how, and uh, like from there, you were just sucked in, like, oh, I just got to keep doing this with Dove. Yeah, that's pretty much it. Yeah. Cause what's it, you're in the UK. What's it like being a toy artist in the UK? Is there a lot of, interest in that kind of a hobby is there a lot of people that do it what's that like uh there's a few of us um slowly growing i think becoming pretty popular but i don't know it's frustrating getting hold of my arms and stuff that you need yeah like super seven are obviously the best at making 3.75 figures so Mm just getting older than in the uk is really hard yeah you know struggle with that they're so expensive as well uh, are they expensive in the uk yes yeah Yeah. they're really expensive especially if it's an older one and it's on ebay then it's forget it (laughs) (laughs) uh i had talked to i had uh lightning bolts figures see i learned from your podcast that he's in the uk oh you did okay cool yeah i didn't know yeah, I know the ones in the UK. Uh, now you two, you and Lightning, uh, Rainbow Yawn is over there. Yep. Um, uh, delicious Gampita. Oh, get him there we go. Yeah. But I wish that there was like, what's crazy, like looking analytics, there's a big pocket of people that listen to this podcast in the UK. So if you're listening to this, send me a message. I want to get in touch with you. Yeah, there's a few of them out there. Yeah. I and I think what the cool thing is I had talked to Lightning Bolt and he had said um he needed some super seven figures because sometimes they don't even like specific ones take forever to get there. Yeah, so, if we get them all. Yeah. And so um super seven is not like they have a store not too far from my house. And so I just, yeah, I just started, uh, I bought a couple and just sent it to him because he was looking for specific ones that he just couldn't find anywhere. Nice. Yeah, that's the way to do it. Well, I had a guy, there's, um, they did a Snake Eyes Target exclusive. Um, so there's no chance of getting that over here. Um, oh. But he was really kind enough to send me one. So oh. hopefully that arrives. Yeah, that's awesome. I did not even know that it had come out. There you go. Yeah, I need to pay more attention to Super <laughs> Seven. Um, so, and you create in twenty 2020 twenty or twenty uh, nineteen. That's your first one, and then we go on lockdown, kind of worldwide. Um, do you? And does that kick you into gear when you start making toys more, or do you kind of take a little bit of a break? Um, I was pretty much unaffected by it. My work still carried on as normal. Um, so I didn't really have any extra time to tell you really. Interesting. Mm. So that is, so that's a first time on toys on top that I'm hearing that, that someone 
like didn't get more time because so many of us came in some of the new I won't lie I was pretty jealous (laughs) yeah like we came in at 2020 when the pandemic had hit because it was a new art form or a new way to be creative that we had never seen before yeah it was nothing changed really at all we were just getting busier and busier yeah wow 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 and so like now at this point we're Uh we're at the back end of like pandemic and all that stuff and you've learned so now with sourcing all these things you've learned how to make your backers and all that stuff and get do you buy uh all your blisters from dove now or have you found a distributor over there i do i still get them from dove my i love that my guy yeah shipping's expensive but (laughs) yeah yeah he's the only place i know that um excellent quality yeah and shipping what's it like shipping your figures here what's cool like oh it's expensive and nerve-wracking yeah because it's just like, it. yeah right like i i always think about that it's just shipping from here is not crazy where i'm at it's like a, mm-hmm. a i could i i have driven them up to him a couple times because oh, uh, nice. i'm so panicked about shipping <laughs> but um which in a full like transparency it was either dove or someone else told me like stop worrying about shipping it's not it's not that bad i still have a weird thing in the back of my head <laughs> but so you ship and it's just like a well i hope it gets there on time i hope it all that kind of stuff i'm constantly checking tracking yeah yeah and then That's there's a a point in where it kicks over where you can't track it anymore right like it just gets yep. to the u.s and you're like well okay i guess that's it yeah i presume it's there yeah oh what a bummer so are you i'm i'm interested because you you got in and you have done all of these have you done one each time that he has done a show between comic-con and designer con uh, i think i have yeah um, I think I'm only missing, uh, the next one. It's the next one. Um, this, you, yeah, what's the, next the one? one coming up. Yeah. Yeah. The next one coming up is Comic-Con right now. Comic-Con. That's it. Yeah. yeah. I think that's the only one I'm going to miss. I am also missing that one. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but then you produce on your own and you have these big projects coming up. So toys have taken over your life. Oh, have they ever? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this um, wrestling project is insane. I yeah, don't know why me, I've done it. Tell me about this wrestling project. I've seen posts come up um, about it, and the figures look phenomenal. Um, but tell me about like what you why you wanted to start this type of a project and what is about it that you're into. Well, I made uh the Hulk Hogan figure, yeah. Um, and then Born Out of Link did the backer for it, and then I thought oh, I should really do them all, yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, because the backing's got the pictures of all the other ones on. Yep. All the other wrestlers and there's 12 wrestlers. Um, and they've all got magnetic arms, which was also a mistake. 
Yeah. So have are, is the goal, I mean, the goal now then is to probably produce all of them. I finished all 12 now. Okay. Um, they're all cast. They're mostly painted. And people have already, I'm pretty much close to sold out. And they haven't even fully released yet? No. Oh my gosh. That's the way to be a toy artist. <laughs> yeah. That's incredible. It's uh, wrestling fans are crazy. <laughs> Tell me about that feeling. Uh, I am always interested in how people um, like deal with. It. So you're you're not even fully done with these figures, and you're already almost sold out just based off of displaying them on Instagram. What do you feel? Yeah. To walk me through that. Um, it's pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it does. It it feels great. Um, but wrestling fans are a a hardcore bunch. Yeah, because you're yeah. you're in this. This is probably what your third or fourth year. In uh, fourth years. year, yeah, fourth year, and you've gotten to a point where you're producing stuff, and it's just it's like hotcakes now. Did well, you, the, you know the Battle Beast? They're probably my best seller. Yeah. Oh, and you Yeah, you've produced so many of them. It's crazy how many I've got. I wish I'd kept them all. I'd love to have them all on display. Do you... Oh, like you don't even have one of each for you? No, I don't. And the molds are probably just destroyed. No, I've I constantly redo those molds. Oh, awesome. Yeah. Well, I really cheap silicone for the first lot okay um the cheapest i could get but you only get like 30 pores out of it Mm -hmm. but the one i'm using now just seems to last forever yeah the one just started doing articulated arms are you which is incredible like to i love when that happens when there's a figure and then all of a sudden like it improves like so now our arms are articulating or it's like you're constantly working on these figures. Um, yeah, the arms was, that was one of my most proudest achievements game, articulated arms because it's not magnetic you... at all. Oh, it's not magnetic? No, no. These are, um, the Battle Beast, the figures, the arms pop off. So I put the arms off, filled both the holes with silicone just up to the edge of the figure, mm-hmm. let it dry. And then fill it with silicone. And then you pull out the arm sockets. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, you pull them out and then you can you have to get the silicone at the um the resin at the exact right time. Um, because it sets pretty fast. But if it's still a little bit soft, you can shove the arms in. And then when it sets hard, they're articulated. That's incredible. I am always fascinated by new ways to articulate things. Uh, I think like I, uh, I've done magnetic. Um, it's expensive to get magnets and I don't like the drilling part. I've done, um, the whatever star, is that like peg system, I guess, whatever the star Wars Um, where I've like cast both sides of the body and then been able to put the arms and legs in. Oh, see, I struggle with doing that. They would never line up right. Yeah, I hate it. It's just because it, like 
you're absolutely right. So many times I've done it and the arms like, or the bodies just don't, they're not perfect enough. Yeah. And it just like, it, it's basically like looking at a failure every time I try to do that. And oh then, yeah. That's so disheartening. Yeah. And then now I'm trying out, um, ball and like socket style. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, Motley creations sculpted a figure for me and it was based off of the idea that you could pop in, um, the like socket portions and then pop in the joint and everything would articulate. Is that done with resin? How is that done? Uh, yeah. So the figures, uh, he 3d sculpted it. So they already have like little, uh, okay. uh divots in them. But mm-hmm. when there's a robot that I'm working on currently, the body has the pegs on it. So you just need to drill a hole, which I mean, it's, it's the same almost as like magnetic. You got to drill a hole yeah. and then you can pop in the socket portion and it fits perfect. Like it's great. Okay. There is a way to cast it 100% if I would just cast it beforehand, but I haven't figured that out fully yet. And I don't know if I want to waste a bunch of mold material to figure it out. Have you seen the um, the Lego peg one? The leg. Oh, where it goes completely through the body? Yeah, you put Lego peg in the head and the arms. Yeah, you know, I I never saw the head one, but I've seen the legs one and the arm ones where um, there's like... I've seen two different ones. One where there's like a peg that's just shoulder into the arm. Yep. And the second one is a piece that goes all the way through the torso. Um, and it like pops out on either side. And then they pop the little peg thing on and pop the arms on. Oh, that's I, pretty good. But that one's tough, right? Because if you lift one arm, then the other arm automatically goes up, I think. Oh, Yeah. So like, I don't. What was the old action figure that did that? Yeah. Starcom. Yeah, I think so. But I like. I don't love. Like that's weird. I, I want like. It, <laughs> yeah. it reminds me of um, the Star One. Also, that one did it. But then also any micro machines. Like the, oh yeah, they yeah. all do that because they're. It's just like they're. Uh, I don't know how those are cast. I'm assuming injection, but they're all like simple pieces and just jointed by bars. Oh yeah, I remember those. I'm always fascinated by uh, new ways to articulate. Kerfloss is killing it with how he does articulation and yeah, yeah. amazing stuff. That's, yeah, and then um, I don't know if you ever look at like soft vinyl or Safubi stuff. Uh, yeah, I've seen a few. So uh Last Bastion uh Ragnar. Like Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like I listened to that podcast today. Oh awesome. Yeah, like uh it's incredible to see how they do articulation, how it's just socket, like, but it's not other pieces, it's like arm and body. I'm always fascinated by a different articulation. Well, Crashman does a video on articulation. Um you know the Craftsman, yeah? Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, he did one with that flexible resin and glios joints, was it? Uh, I'm gonna have to look. I'm gonna I, look it up. Um, 
but that was something I was trying for a while, but I just, I couldn't get it. Yeah. So you, are you, you improved on those and they're still your best seller, like constantly selling. Do you, does that mean that you're just producing them regularly or is it upon request? Um, they're upon request. If someone asks for one, I'll make them one. Okay. Depending on how busy I am. Yeah. I um, usually a do a batch of five of one character. Then when those five are done, that's it until I make more. Yeah. Oh, I love that. Uh, I, yeah, I can't tell you how much I admire people improving on like toys that they've already made. I think um, for me, once I produce something and it's, it's like I've sold it or it's done. Sometimes I just leave it in the dust. So I'm like, oh, that one's gone. But I love that you, you've kept it going and then improved on it and now keep it going even more. I would love to go back to some of my old ones and redo them, but I don't know how I feel about that. Yeah. What uh, What would be one of the ones that you'd want to reproduce and redo? Uh, the Wookiee Wizard, my first one. Wookiee Wizard. So that you could yeah. do articulation differently? Uh, no, so I could spell it correctly. Uh, <laughs> <clears throat> that's one of the things that bugged me about it my first release had a spelling mistake on it i never even noticed until uh pointed it out that is funny and <laughs> isn't it that's like yeah. so now when people has anyone of that bought it have were they the ones that told you about it no no took lord paul commington's knees saying you spelled rookie wrong oh i was so absolutely boring. devastated when i saw it but so good <laughs> what a guy to, <laughs> to tell you how funny i love that hey but that's i was always tempted to put a new a little sticker saying like Sucklord's name on it but yeah uh, <laughs> the spelling champ Sucklord. yeah something like that anyone. i love that so I, I, like you kept producing and you as you have produced all these figures at resin and all that stuff uh are you planning to stay within the resin or are you looking to grow into other areas of toy making where do you see yourself in toy making right now uh i'd love to get into 3d sculpting okay but it's i think it's beyond me i don't know if i could do it yeah um i really like the idea of 3d printing and stuff there's a what's it called funky mcclunky mm-hmm. he's doing all the star wars figures at the moment like 3d prints of them um I love that. It's great. Like if you need an arm, just 3D print it. Yeah. Yeah. If you need a Star Wars arm, job done. Yeah. I don't know if you've seen um, people like Desert Octopus. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like something will air on the Mandalorian or on Obi-Wan. And it's like two or three days later, it seems like he gets out a 3D sculpt of a figure. Yeah, he does. He's so fast it's just incredible like it's so fast and and which is like amazing and i it makes me that's where i get to the point where i'm like there's no way i could ever do that that quickly yeah i wonder how he feels about people selling his stuff yeah have you noticed that a lot i have yeah i printed one of his um what's it called game show with the squid game uh-huh. I printed one of those out because my kid was obsessed with it. Um, I didn't sell it, but people were asking to buy it. I know. Like, yeah. You know, because he sells his um, 
designs super cheap. Yeah. And I know I always come across them on like Facebook groups about. They're always on Facebook groups. Yeah. It's like Star Wars custom. I don't know what the groups are, but it's crazy because people will post it and not reference where they got it. Yeah. It's weird, isn't it? Because they're popular. really annoying. Yeah. And they're popular. Like I had. Um, uh, Toby Philpot on uh, uh, Toys on Tap, the guy that played, he was one of the guys that did the inside of Jabba the Hutt. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And oh, he, yeah, yeah, the figure, yeah. Yeah, and he saw uh, Desert Ox, like he is nowhere near the toy world, doesn't collect, doesn't yeah. do anything, but he knew about the figure that Desert Octopus had created. So they're like super widespread. People all know about these yet there's other people that are continuously trying to sell them. It's a big gray area, that, isn't it? Yeah, because if you... So here's the question. If I buy the design, do I now own the art? Yeah, well, that's the case with Funky McClunky because he does the Star Wars figures. Mm-hmm. I, I've got that Star Wars figure, but rather than pop the arm off, mold it up, I'll just 3D print that arm. Yeah. It's not my figure. Yeah. And I think that that gets at the heart of so many, because a lot of us don't sculpt from scratch. We find pieces here and there, whatever works for our toys. Yeah. And which means like, is that the question is then if, if we, if I get mad at people for not citing desert octopus, Am I just as bad because I stole like pieces from other toys to make my toy? Oh, I don't know. I don't think you should open that door. Yeah. <laughs> the whole scene might be mad. Yeah. If open that door. yeah. I, you know, I, I think about that sometimes that I try to use, if I'm going to use uh, certain designs or certain pieces, the hope is uh-huh. that I can use it in a way that, it takes you a little bit of time to figure out that, yeah. It were like um, the figure that I had uh, Motley Creations do for me, I had to make a prototype so I could send it to him or like mm-hmm. send him pictures. And so I had to like, I was using like the upper arm from one figure and the lower hand of another and yeah. the it, like trying to make it so it worked for me. And then with 3D sculpting, he was able to like erase certain things, add certain things. So some of the pieces you wouldn't be able to recognize anyways. Yeah. But it was like, I felt, I always feel weird doing that. But I do like making toys. That's what I do a lot, especially like this scene. Well, that's why 3D sculpting is probably the future of toy making, isn't it? Yeah. What what is keeping you from doing 3D sculpting? My ability. <laughs> <laughs> just the amount of time that it's going to take to learn how to do it. I just I don't think I can 3D sculpt. It's yeah. Too complicated. I I always compare it to drawing and I know I can't draw so I'm like, oh, "Okay, I guess I can't 3D sculpt either." Oh, it just seems I don't know, it blows my mind. It's too complicated. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, and I just stick with cutting figures up and sticking them together. <laughs> That's our comfort zone right there. 
It really is, yeah. <laughs> so uh for the love of old toys, mm-hmm. where is that company or that brand headed? We I know that you've got this massive like wrestling figure project. Um but once you finish that, do you have things in mind where you're headed? Um, after I finish that, I've got Dungeons Dragons seven characters to do. So Ooh, no shortage um, of characters. Holy moly. Yeah, and um yeah, I've got those to do, and then I've got a Guns N' Roses project I'm working on. Does that mean that um, you are taking a sidestep from doing conventions and stuff until those are done? Um, possibly. I don't know. If I can fit a convention in, I'll do it. Yeah. Like, I wasn't going to do this next one, but now I'm thinking maybe I should. <laughs> yeah, the one coming up in November? Um. No, the July one. This, oh. Yeah. I have oh. a figure ready for it, but I don't know if I'll be able to get the artwork and the figure cast. In yeah, time. and get it all shipped off and everything. Yeah, it is a Warhammer-related one as well. Oh, I love that. Mm. That's tough. So with all, like, that's when you ship a figure like that, Mm-hmm. How long do you have to ship in advance before so that you know and feel confident that it's going to get here on time? Um, three or four weeks is ideal. Three or four weeks? So yeah. So you'd have to finish the figure and the backer and ship it by Friday, this Friday? Yep. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, this, do it. yeah, let's hope that this pushes you in that direction. That'd be fun. Man, it's going to be a late night, isn't it? Yeah, another late night for toy people. Yeah. I love that. Uh, as we like always come to the end of the episodes, I love when uh, toy artists plug everything that they're doing, everything that they've done, and all the different shows and uh, podcast interviews and everything that they have. Uh, so this is that point of the show. Can you please plug where we can find you, if you've done any other interviews, where we can get your toys, all that good stuff. Well, you can find me on Instagram at For the Love of All Toys. Um, I post on there pretty often. If you want something, just DM me. It's probably available. If not, I might be able to make it up if it's not sold out. Um, as for pimping stuff out, I'm going to pimp a few people that I work with out. Um, but I have a link. He does a lot of my artwork. So go follow him. Holly Drake's, go follow him. Chris Hall illustration, all three artists who I work with. So you would have seen their art if you've seen my Instagram page. Um, and also follow Delicious Game Peter because he is on fire at the moment. I love That's that. about it. Yeah, thank you so much. Thank you for making this work. I know it's a late night for you right now. Uh, it's the start of the late night. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Thank you so much for making this work. Thanks, dude. Toys on Tap. Next episode. It's great. It's amazing. You're going to want to listen to it.
It's not right now, though. You're gonna have to wait till the next episode to listen to it. Oh, when's that? The next one. Cool. Toys on Tap. The next one's gonna be good, too. So stay tuned and, and, and listen to that. Toys on Tap. Awesome.